Good morning. You're just in time. Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement. Let's start our day together. Good morning, friends. Come on in and join us. I'm Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Orsborn, and we're delighted to have you with us in the St. Gabriel Cafe this morning, our live and local morning show. Cam Clutter, as always, is our barista, a.k.a. he's our producer, keeping everything running smoothly. Thanks, Cam. And today we have the pleasure of speaking with Focus Missionaries, serving at The Ohio State University, and Gradoville and Luke Strongberg. They will share with us the mission of Focus and their recent experience at Seek 2024. Yay. <laughs> Yay. I think it's going to be a great day. Do you want to start us in prayer, Dave? Sure. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, we love you. We praise you. We adore and glorify you. We pray for your protection over all of our friends that are making their way through these wet and slushy streets. Uh, um, please deliver them to, to their destination safely. We pray especially today also for all of our college students that are returning to campuses. We pray for our focus missionaries and all missionaries that, uh, that are serving them that they may have boldness and walk with you, Lord, to, to show your love uh, to everyone that they encounter on campus. Father, we offer this to you in the name of your Son, who is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and ask, as always, for the intercession of our Blessed Mother. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. I know you hate talking about weather because <laughs> it's boring. Well, okay. <laughs> I it's it's just a social thing that people do sometimes. I think because they don't know what else to talk about, and I'm guilty of it as well. But there is something else happening in the weather today. So, well, as you... Father Adam Streitenberger would say, we have an event going on this morning. What and, do you mean? It, it's it's wet and it's slushy. Why is that an event? I don't know. He just uses that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we have friends here that know Father Adam, so he would just see we have an event. But Amanda, when you get into an elevator and there's only one other person in the elevator, what do you talk to them about other than the weather? Well, in an elevator, you don't, typically don't talk to people, right? So you what? just sit in silence no, for okay, like actually, 20 seconds while you're going up floors? Not true. I actually tend to talk to a lot of people um, about wherever the weather? I'm at. Um, a lot of times I like to ask people how their day is going. How are you doing today? And what if they say, I love the weather? <laughs> then we'll talk about the weather. <laughs> like I said, I, I also talk about the weather. I just, uh -huh. what do you want to say about the weather day? <laughs> it's gross. It is gross. Outside. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, such a technical actually, term. But actually, I mean, it was wet and, and just, it was very dark when I was coming in this morning. In Westerville, it was just rainy and wet, and yeah. it's garbage day, so I had to haul the stuff out to the curb. Oh, that's no fun. And then as I approach Upper Arlington, then there's slush. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm listening to the weather reports, and it's like, be careful out there, you know, maintain safe stopping distance. Right. I didn't quite understand what that was until I got up in this, up in this area. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, you know, actually, I kind of do appreciate it today because I woke up thinking, oh, man, like I have to scrape off frost from my windshield. And I didn't have to because it was raining. So I appreciated it, actually. Mm-hmm. So, see, we just had a nice conversation about weather. <laughs> I mean, I looked at the national days of it's it, our choices are balloon ascension day, so which I get balloons just going up, yes, right, and apricots. Yeah, real question is what's the difference between an apricot and a peach? I mean, obviously they're different, but yeah, I don't know enough. Yeah, they're two different types of fruit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it, and I think for all the apricot lovers out there, I'm glad you have a. Your, your national fruit has holiday. a special day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you take a look at the gospel for today? I did. I uh, I read it briefly. I okay. So typically, I like to wake up in the morning and have my prayer time. This morning, it was cut a little short because I walked downstairs and I realized I had fed my starter and I never made bread out of it. So quickly, I you feed okay bring me into this that's a bread baking thing so sourdough starter okay you feed it and it grows what what does starter eat um water and flour okay yeah so (laughs) you know and then all the yeast gets going and it it starts to grow and then once it hits you know this certain point of growth you start to fold it in it gets bubbly yeah exactly so is starter like a first name or a last name (laughs) It's whole name, I guess. Oh. <laughs> Sourdough starter. Excellent. Um, uh, yeah. So anyways, I did that. And so it cut down a little bit on my prayer time this morning, which I'm a little sad about, but that's okay. I'll have bread later. So, but I looked at the readings. Okay. Yeah. And I, I guess my initial thought is I was a little sad. Um, hmm. So yeah. th- this is a passage from, we're back into ordinary time, right? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, this week, uh, for the daily masses, we'll be going through uh, the Gospel of Mark, mostly in the first chapter, right? So today, Simon Peter's mother-in-law is sick with fever. I'm on the wrong day. Sorry. Wow, that just took like, a crazy turn because read. that's tomorrow's <laughs> Gospel. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. So today is the the ninth, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. And then it gets sad, sadder from there? Um, well, I guess, I, I guess initially I just, it was less about the gospel and more about this initial feeling of, wow, like Jesus did just so much, all of his miracles and just the beauty of his ministry and yeah, just the goodness of God was so apparent. And we read that in, in all of the gospels. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just had this moment of, ah, Jesus, there's, there's a part of me that just wishes you were still here doing your work. And then I was struck with this idea of like, well, of course he is. He's present in each one of us. He's continuing his ministry through us. And, and then, Again, the sadness came a little bit. It's just like, I don't I don't always see that as radically as Jesus did it. And I wish I did. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I connected with Zebedee. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's just that line. So they left their father, Zebedee, uh, 
you know, I, I mentioned our daughter Ellie has left, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, as a father, you, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a sad, but at, at the same time, as I'm sure Zebedee, um, he raised his, his boys for a time like that. Right. And, and you see them embarking on something so awesome. Right. And so it's as you raise your children in the faith, you want a moment like that for Mm -hmm. them, but it doesn't make it, it's still sad, Right. but this is the best that you could hope for is, is that they're leaving to pursue the Lord. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? I totally agree. And I think it takes a beautiful level of spiritual maturity to desire that your kids would go off and do those things. Because mm-hmm. there, I'm sure, I mean, I'm not a parent, but I'm sure there's that temptation to want to keep them close. Right? Absolutely. Um, but the beauty of, of recognizing children are really, first and foremost, the Lord's and the desire wanting them to do whatever he calls them to. Mm-hmm. And we consecrated the girls as, you know, when they were young, you know, gave them to Mary. You know, walk the walk, talk the talk. There you go. <laughs> you know, we're con- you're, you're consecrated, so that's, mm-hmm. you know, the bill came due, so to speak. And, yeah, it's a bill that, you know, we're gratefully, gratefully paying. I'm sure that you know. gives you a great level of trust that they'll be taken care of. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and, and we did the things as many of our friends that are listening do to uh, to give them that foundation. And when they take those steps forward and actually have that relationship and make it personal and their own, I, mean, what, I am so proud when they do those things right. more than any trophy or award or anything that the world offers for them to just say, these yeses mm-hmm. as as they mature mm-hmm. yeah so good so good that's what you have ahead of you my brother I, I was just thinking to myself i'm really trying not to think that far ahead i have a nine month old and she has to learn to like walk first so. <laughs> yeah but that but like the one that really scares me actually is like before before we get to like 18 we get to 16 and she has to learn to drive and i was like is that on me I have to. I have to be the one to teach her to drive. Um, mm, don't get I'll me give wrong. You some I'm, a, tips there. I'm a great driver, but I can. What I hear you say, Dave, is I can drop her off at your house, <laughs> and Dave will teach her to drive. I, I've taught three daughters. Or I, I, I I take them to a point. You know, we're great in the parking lots and the city streets, but when it comes time to maneuverability and highway driving, yeah, we hire the professionals. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Okay, I actually decided that I would take my sister out when it was time for her to learn how to drive because I love you, Mom. <laughs> but I remember just her nervousness made me so nervous. And I was like, I, I'm i going to take my sister out so we can be a little less nervous. <laughs> what I've been looking forward to, and we haven't had the opportunity, is to take them into a school parking lot and do donuts. Oh, that's that, That's how we learn how to drive in the snow in central yeah. Ohio. So 
I have but fond I memories I of my that. dad doing that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In Southern California doing donuts. Well, yeah, you know, you never know if you're going to hit, you know, water and you, yeah. your back tires skid out or whatever. Water? And also... Snow. Like hydroplane, you know. Yeah. But also I live at the base of mountains, so I... And yeah. I... So you saw snow. So I saw snow. <laughs> and... <laughs> Thank you. I did live in Steubenville for a while, so yeah. I did drive in snow. <laughs> and you were prepared. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Dad. Awesome. We're joined this morning by two new friends from The Ohio State University in Grandeville and Luke Stromberg, Focus Missionaries. Good morning, Anne. Good, Good morning, morning, Luke. Good morning. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having us. Have you been on live radio before? I was in high school one time. Yeah? Really? Can't say I have been. So. Has it completely exceeded your expectations? Blow them away. <laughs> <laughs> Anne, well, both of you are from Iowa, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anne, start Northern Iowa. Yeah, I'm originally from Des Moines, but I went to okay. college at the University of Northern Iowa. It's a small 10,000-person school. Uh, and then came to Ohio State right after the missionary, and this is my third year here. Mm-hmm. So. Was Focus on campus at Northern Iowa? They were on campus half of my time in college. So the first two years, there wasn't missionaries, and then they came my junior year of college. So, so I'm using the acronym FOCUS. Most of our listeners, I think, are probably familiar with FOCUS, but it's Fellowship of Catholic University Students. Correct, right? yep. Founded by Curtis Martin and Ted Sree? Yep. Okay. Yep. Good. Luke, where are you from? Ann and I did a little flip-flop, so I actually am from northern Iowa and went to college at Iowa State, mm-hmm. which is just south of Des Moines. So just you went south south for the weather? Uh, it wasn't too different. I, I went there because I when I went on my visit, I just loved it. You know, There was something in the air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's in the air? <laughs> Can't put my finger on it. The Holy Spirit, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Amen. So then, how did you guys get connected with Focus? Uh, Talk about that decision to become missionaries. Yeah, our journey was pretty different. So I can go first, and then Luke can share his. But I I was involved in the campus ministry, but I also played a sport in college. And so I was kind of doing both my first couple years. Uh, And then the Focus missionaries came to campus, and one of the missionaries had run at Cal Berkeley in college. And so she saw me with a the typical student athlete gear on and came right up and was like, I need to know you better. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. Um, and from that point, I, I continued to get more and more involved. I was leading a Bible study. Were you raised Catholic? I was, yeah. Okay. And I went to Catholic high school and actually was raised in a really good family. I was very blessed. Um, but I was leading a Bible study and stuff before they came, but probably for all the wrong reasons. Uh, and so it was really like my time with missionaries that I learned to actually pray and to actually know the Lord uh, and to lead other women, not just so I could say I did it, but so that I could actually lead them to the Lord, not myself. And it came to the end of college. I was planning to go to grad school for speech language pathology. Mm. And the missionaries had asked me several, several times to consider applying. And I said no, very reluctantly, many, many times. (laughs) But through their persistence, I eventually was open to applying. And by the time I applied, it was very apparent that this was what I was supposed to do. I mean, every single part of my job uh, were the things that I loved doing in college. Was that, was the so, reluctance because you already had a plan laid out? 
Yeah, the reluctance mm-hmm. was like, I'm a high achieving college student and mm-hmm. this was not part of my plan. The Lord's not supposed to change what I had planned. <laughs> uh, and it was probably the first time in my life actually that I like had given the Lord space to speak into a decision, uh, which was scary. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, I had a plan. I wanted to go to grad school and get a good job. And being a full-time missionary fundraising my salary didn't really sound quite like that. (laughs) So I was very reluctant, but it has been the greatest gift. uh, Yeah, the greatest gift that the Lord has given me Mm. to become his missionary. So I had a similar experience, actually. So I went to Franciscan and, you know, got a Catholic education (laughs) and was so excited to come home and find some job that, you know, rooted in my faith and, it was really also just ready to set down some roots at coming home after college. And uh, that was my main focus. And and then a friend of mine said, have you ever thought about mission work? I was like, no, no, like I'm ready. You know, I've been away from home for a while. And uh, I don't know what happened. The Culture Project came to town one day on a, like a young adult event. And suddenly I was at their table and applying. It was, <laughs> it was really the work of the Holy Spirit. And it ended up being just one of the best opportunities of like, okay, Lord, if you're really asking this of me, I'll say yes and forego all the plans that I had. Um, but it ended up being one of the best years of my life. I learned so much. So the invitation to decision happened that quickly? It was pretty quick. It, and the funny thing is it happened just in such a natural way because I had gone to this event with a couple friends. Uh, I didn't really know many other people besides them. And I looked around when it was, the talk was over and everything, and I didn't find them. So I was like, oh, I'll just go over to the table and see who these people are. And and as I'm talking to the girl, she said, have you ever thought about mission work? And the words that came out of my mouth were yes, despite <laughs> having had a conversation with my friend just a week prior that I was not interested yeah. So I was like, okay, um, I guess I'm just going to continue having this conversation. That was odd. And I, yeah, there was just an openness of, okay, let me just check it out. So. Did uh, Luke will bring you in, in a sec, but uh, I want the, did you understand what mission work in, entailed? I mean, yeah, I think I, uh, I think it, you continuously learn as a missionary what mission work actually means. <laughs> I think as a student, I had a very glorified version of what it meant to be a missionary. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, all I do is hang out with women, lead Bible studies. It'll be so fun all the time. It'll be so fun. Uh, and I think as a missionary, I came to experience like the cross in mission work more, which has actually been such a beautiful gift to be like, oh, this is actually really difficult. And that's a place that I get to enter into a deeper relationship with the Lord of, yeah, actually, every girl I talk to doesn't want to talk to me. <laughs> and every girl that yeah. comes to Bible study actually doesn't want to start praying every day. And so what does it look like to continue to walk with them in charity on their journey and not try to make it my own my own pace or my own journey for them? Um, but, yeah, I think I had a very uh, glorified version. But then, you know, you become a missionary, and the glories are even bigger than the ones that you expected, you know, like getting to see these girls' lives just completely transform. Or now as a team director, I get to watch all of my teammates walk with students and getting to watch the men that they walk with their lives change. Uh, those are even better joys than what I thought it they would be. But the cross is also bigger than I thought it would be. So beautiful. it's been, yeah, it's been a beautiful experience. But Luke's story is pretty different. So he should tell you about his. Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, I'm 
there definitely is a similarity of reluctancy. Um, but I, I also grew up Catholic. Um, I didn't go to Catholic school. Uh, they didn't have that in small town Iowa where I'm from, but I got to Iowa State and I knew that like faith was important to me. Um, so I, I still went to church um, and it was in meeting like a focused missionary because focus was on my campus all four years that I was there. Um, and it was in like meeting a focused missionary that I started to like, my eyes were opened to the reality that like faith isn't something you do just on like a Sunday. Um, and it's like your whole entire life. Um, and he just like taught me how to pray and I think just praying and being with the Lord totally transformed my life. Um, and I guess similar enough though, for a while they had pursued me to like, Oh, you should apply for focus. And like, I had my big plan. If you asked anyone at Iowa state, they like knew it. Cause I would tell everyone that wanted to hear it. I was like, <laughs> it's going to be like this small town, like this suburb just outside of Des Moines for like 10 years. I'm going to have the accounting job. Cause that's what I studied. And then when I like don't love it anymore, I'm going to transition to a different accounting job. And then depending on when our finances are like, we're going to move and I'm going to be a teacher. And like, <laughs> I had like the towns picked out depending on the class size for my kids. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, I guess I'm going to be a missionary for a few years. So, <laughs> but Luke actually said no. To I did say first. no. <laughs> I did say no. How many times? Once. Okay. And then, um, yeah, I guess, <laughs> so I interviewed and definitely like everything, like the Lord was like unfolding a yet, like a, like that this was what he wanted for me for sure. Um, but I just like, I don't know, I guess maybe I wasn't ready to say, say yes. Um, and I remember like going to, the missionary who had invested in me and I was like, Hey, I'm going to call, call them back and say no. And he was like, actually, I don't think you're going to do that. And I was <laughs> like, Oh wow. Maybe I won't. But I called them and I'm like, Hey, I'm not ready to say like, yes, I'm came in thinking I was going to say no. Um, and then they kind of like left it on the table for me. And, um, three months later I called them back. So here I am. Mm -hmm. And they Luke took him back. That's how wow. good he is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> three months later. Luke Stromberg and Ann Gratterville, focused missionaries at the Ohio State University. Luke, your so when, when or Luke and Ann both. I mean, when when you say yes to be a focused missionary, at that point you still don't know where that's going to take you, right? No, no. Um, yeah, I, I had no idea. The yes was kind of like accepting the fact that. I could go anywhere. Um, honestly, like, I remember my best friend ended up saying yes to, and we were, like, so convinced. Like, one of us was probably going to stay in Iowa. The other was going to be in, like, Minnesota, like, pretty close. And then, like, all of a sudden, um, you find out in the middle of the summer, like, during training, you go in, just, like, the goal is to kind of, like, meet as many people as you can. Um, and then eventually, like, halfway through, you find out where you're going. And then from then on, you get to, like, bond with your team and grow close with them. Mm -hmm. But him and I were, like, so convinced we were going to stay close. And then I remember looking at him, like, the day we were finding out where we were going to go right before. And I was like, bro, I don't think I'm going to be anywhere near Minnesota, man. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I think I'm probably going to be in Florida. And here he is now in Tampa. And I'm in Ohio, so. How much do you know about the campus culture that you're walking into ahead of time? Usually most of your knowledge comes from your teammates who have been there in the past. Mm -hmm. So, for example, this year 
Luke, it's his first year on campus at Ohio State, but there was three of us on the team who had been here the past years. So most of Luke's knowledge until arriving was probably just the passed down knowledge that us three had given him <laughs> uh, or any details that Father Adam had given him. But uh, the knowledge is pretty low, uh, partially just because we want the first year missionaries who come to be able to experience campus and not have a lot of preconceived notions of what it's going to be like. Because also year to year in campus ministry, things just change a lot. There's no, uh, there's a lack of stability in campus ministry. <laughs> so even if last year something was really difficult with a new wave of freshmen, everything can change. So <laughs> they have, they have a little bit of knowledge of like what the campus ministry structure is like and what it's looked like in the past. But a lot of what missionaries learn is just on the ground. So, Anne, what is, I guess, the main focus or the mission of FOCUS? Yeah, our mission statement is to know Christ Jesus and to fulfill his great commission. Uh, and it's very intentionally in that order. Uh, so the first part, to know Christ Jesus, our primary mission is to bring people to Jesus himself. And for us missionaries, actually, also to be great, greater, uh, great, yeah, greater transformation in our own lives. Uh, and then from that place of knowing the Lord and having an intimate relationship with him, then comes the second part of to fulfill the Great Commission. So when we walk with students on campus, our primary goal with them is first to bring them to Jesus, to develop the daily, daily habits of prayer and mass and uh, Sunday mass and confession and all of those things first, and then to walk with them on mission and going to meet other students. And obviously those things sometimes happen a little bit more intertwined than just like you have to pray mm -hmm. every single day and then go on mission. But we try to really bring students to the Lord first um, and then have him inspire them to mission. So as a missionary, then do you commit to two years? Oh, oh, like prayer life and all the different things that first help you form your... Yeah, so all missionaries with focus are required to pray a, a daily holy hour mm. and go to daily mass and then a daily rosary. So usually every morning from 9 to 10 a.m., uh, all of the missionaries are in the chapel at the Newman Center praying. Uh, and then we go to daily mass that evening with students and pray a rosary as a team every day. Uh, and it's cool because those are all things that we can invite the students to do with us. You know, mm -hmm. they don't have to happen in a vacuum. So a lot of the students will come for 20 or 30 minutes while we're all praying. Um, but yeah, all of us every day of the whole year, that's something that we commit to. Yeah. Luke, before joining Focus, were you already doing a daily holy hour? I think most missionaries walk in with being like, oh, that's going to be a commitment. That's my assumption. Yeah. Um. I actually did Exodus 90 my senior year. Oh, okay. So I like, I would say I didn't have like a consistent prayer life until my senior year. I mm -hmm. certainly wasn't praying a whole hour before Exodus 90 every day. Um, but that definitely helped me mm -hmm. to be like mentally like prepared to pray a whole hour every day. Cause I actually like, because Exodus 90, um, one of the, one of the like things that you'll do during that is pray a whole hour. I had like started the beginning of my last semester. Mm -hmm. So, mm-hmm. I know for myself in times of my life where I was able, especially being a missionary with the Culture Project, also committing to daily mass, daily holy hour, and then after a missionary, trying to keep that up but not always making it and recognizing, wow, my day is actually radically different when I don't receive those graces. And you realize how tangible they are. Yeah, it's such a beautiful gift that we have. It's like my actually like my first job requirements are to go pray and go to mass, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, so our life is difficult, but at the same time, 
our job requirement is to pray and go to mass. So, you know, it's a gift. <laughs> For sure. For sure. We're chatting with Ann Gradeville and Luke Stromberg, Focus Missionaries at the Ohio State University. Buckeye Catholic, right? Yes, yes. sir. Yeah. How, um, so how many missionaries, Focus Missionaries are at Ohio State? We actually just got a new teammate two weeks ago who uh, graduated in December. So okay. we now have a team of eight, which is really, really big. Five girls and three men. Good. Do the five women all live together and then the three guys? We do, well? yep. Okay. Yep. So you're able to maintain that sense of community also? Yeah, for sure. We it, we like incorporate a lot of things we do together in our schedule. So like, like Ann said, we pray our holy hour every day together. Um, we go to Mass and once a week we try and sit by each other and then we have like once a week we have a night where we get dinner together um, mm. and just kind of like share a meal, community meal, and then we'll invite students into that. Is, is there a typical day on campus? I mean, what, a, after the uh, after the holy hour in mass, what is is there such a thing as a typical day? Um, I always tell people if you were to like job shot on me Monday and then job shot on me Tuesday, you'd be like, what just happened? Like, <laughs> totally different, but... Um, yeah, I mean, definitely staples are like mass, holy mm-hmm. hour, rosary. Um, going in, I like didn't realize how many meetings I'd sit in. Um, <laughs> you can count on a couple of those. And then like with open time, you know, there there's usually some sort of prep work for Bible studies or um, formation. And then I try and like, mm, when I got here, uh, one of my teammates, Blake, he he's a like a, a veteran missionary. He's like been a missionary for a few years, and he taught he told us that one thing he learned pretty quickly is that the, one of the keys to mission he would say is to do the things you love, but never do them alone. Um, and so I like to just try and make sure I do like everything I do with someone that way I can like live life and grow with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, does that happen? on campus and different campus centers. How, how do you get to the point where you invite somebody to participate in, in a Bible study or how, how are you meeting the students? Um, so we also have like outreach time where we'll meet students. Um, and so at outreach, like when we'll be doing outreach, whether it's like tabling or um, maybe like at the beginning of the year, we, we would play like volleyball and invite students into that. Um, that's how I guess like one way we meet students. You should you tell know. them about your Greek coffee, Luke. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So once a week, my teammate Jen and I, we would sit up a table and we would uh, serve like coffee or like hot chocolate, depending on the weather, to the students right right outside of Greek Row. Um, okay, you did say Greek. I thought you. I wasn't sure if you said Greek or great. Oh, Greek um, coffee. Greek, Greek, okay, for okay. Sure. Yeah, so on our team, there's a guy and a girl who primarily reach out to students in the Greek communities and then also on the athletic teams. Okay. So Luke and Jen's task is to reach out to those in the Greek community. Oh, you got the easy assignment. Yeah, they got the easy one. (laughs) (laughs) But tell them the title. The title is so fun. They came up, they were trying to like make it fun, you know, how do we like get students to want to talk to us more than just hand them a coffee. And so they came up with this like super fun name that has kind of taken off a little bit. Yeah, we would like... So, I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, it's like, why are you, like, handing us coffee? Um, and my teammate, Jen, kind of came up with, like, oh, we're 
we're starting a new club called the Anti Headphones Club. Real people having <laughs> real conversations because so many people just like walk around with their headphones in and say nothing. Um, and I think like obviously it's important to like see like the people in front of you and see Christ Jesus in them. Um, and I guess kind of like what we were talking, you guys were talking about earlier. It's like to like actually like ask them like how they are. Yeah. Um, because like how many times does someone just like walk on campus and no one says anything to them? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we kind of like roll with. And I, it's really fun. A lot of the people anti like it. headphone club. Yes. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think another way that we, uh, we really just meet our students friends. That's like mm-hmm. a big, a big way that we reach out to students is we have these students who are maybe in a Bible study or coming to a Bible study and naturally they have so many friends outside of the Newman center, outside of Buckeye Catholic. And, they maybe don't yet know how to transform those conversations to be a little bit deeper conversations or spiritual conversations. And so I think all of our team, one of our favorite things is like when we can invite ourselves to our student's house for dinner and have dinner with their roommates, or we can go to their intramural game with them and play with them. Uh, Last year, a bunch of my teammates played on the intramural hockey team at Ohio State with a bunch of uh, students from Buckeye Catholic and their friends. I'm about to register for that. (laughs) So that's like one of my favorite ways because it's it's more natural. You know, I already have a relationship with one of the women. And so to go spend time with her friends, I'm her friend. Uh, it's a natural way to form deeper friendships and then invite them into something like a Bible study. Mm-hmm. What's the the importance of community in your mission? Uh, so I think it, it's so important. Um, it's so important. Just like I think as you pursue holiness, um, it's so huge to have people to run with, mm-hmm. um, to call you higher and to just love you, love you well. And when you maybe falter or, um, you need someone to like be your yes, man, like when you're struggling to get your prayer time in or to make like virtuous decisions, good community is like so huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really fun as a team getting to have that community naturally. There's already eight of us, so it almost feels like a whole community already, but getting to invite students into that community mm-hmm. with us is awesome. So we we as a team love to do, just do things in town, uh, go to restaurants, go to athletic games. That's one of our favorite things. And so it's like, how can we invite students into that place with us? Um, that has been something that we just all really enjoy is we already have this group of eight of us who are good friends and have a good relationship. And so how can we bring the students into that good, mm-hmm. authentic Christian community? Yeah. I think that's for sure a definite important aspect of and it just, actually you said it earlier, meeting someone where they're at and, and then that's where the relationship develops. And then that's when Christ can come into the conversation. And exactly, exactly. So you guys just got back from St. Louis. Yes. The Fresh Seek, out of St. Louis. <laughs> Seek 24. Correct. Yes. What's that all about? 19,000 people? Yeah. The new number I heard was 24,000. Oh, so, wow. I don't know. I think there was some who came there just There were 5,000 hiding. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they came for adoration, I think. There was one night where they uh, they added some people for adoration. <laughs> well, so uh, for our friends that aren't familiar with um, with, with Seek, what is, what is Seek? Um, Seek is just like a huge Catholic conference that Focus puts on, um, for all of the campuses that they're on, but also invite like anyone and everyone to come. So a lot of people from the St. Louis community came, um, 
and a lot of people just in general that wanted to like listen to like Catholic speakers um, and to be invited into like such a huge event um, at Seek. There's like anyone, anyone you can possibly think of is there giving it a, a talk. Um, but we also have mass every day. And I think universally, like pretty much every student would say that that's like a super huge highlight mm. because they're just priests from like every campus and just like all over. Like there will be like 400 priests processing and procession takes a while, beautiful. but it's so beautiful. <laughs> it's so beautiful. So did you take a bus load? We, oh, we, did. we took two, actually. Two buses? Yeah, the Ohio Northern students came with us as uh-huh. well. And then uh, a lot of seminarians. There was like 18 seminarians from the Diocese of Columbus. So we took two buses. Represent? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was great. It's such it's a, yeah, it's such a gift to have the seminarians with our students uh-huh. and for our students to get to learn from them, but then them to get to learn the reality of what a college campus looks like, too. So you take a bus to St. Louis, two buses to St. Louis, and then just get a lot of sleep, I would imagine. Oh, <laughs> so much. Sleep. <laughs> so much sleep. Lots of sleep. Yeah. So it, start, it started on New Year's Day? January 1st, yeah, in the afternoon. So we left right away on the morning of the new year. Uh-huh. So the students did not get much sleep even going into the conference, but <laughs> it's not about the sleep. They, it's okay. They can get that when they get home. Well, I've listened to some of the talks over the years. I've only been able this year to listen to the uh, talk that was given by Monsignor James Shea. That was a fan favorite. Was it? Oh, well, yeah. I'm, I spoke earlier about sending one of our daughters off, and she landed at University of Mary in That's Bismarck. That's awesome. So she, the family's out there now. Her, She's moving into the dorm today. Classes start tomorrow. Let's so go. when I saw that uh, Monsignor Shea was uh, was speaking, outstanding talk. Yeah, I think yeah. Every, like every student I talked to were like, oh, the Monsignor Shea talk was amazing. Yeah. So impactful. So. Well, exactly. I mean, really, all, it seems like virtually every Catholic speaker shows up at Seek. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you can get yourself in front of 20,000 people that are Catholic and on fire for the faith, it's hard to say no, huh? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, who were some of the other favorites or talks that uh, impacted you? The students always love Father Mike Schmidt. Yeah. So he was right before adoration. Who's that he? Was... <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> that, was, that was for sure a fan favorite. He talked about the story of the prodigal son mm. and uh, about how both sons had needs and... I think a lot of students were really touched by that. It was on the bus ride home. We had the students share like glory stories from their week. And there was uh, at least two students who just said like, yeah, Father Mike's talk leading into adoration. I never knew that the Lord actually loved me so much. Mm -hmm. And these are students who had like been involved in their parishes. They've been going to Bible studies. uh, But it wasn't until this night of adoration where they were like, I didn't realize the Lord loved me that much, you know. Now, are these uh, students that on on the two buses that went with you, are those mostly the students that show up all the time? Or did you grab anyone off the street and say, we're going to St. Louis for a week? Oh, wow. Um, Well, honestly, it's it's a it's a handful of each. So one of one of the guys that I got to spend a good amount of time with we actually met him doing outreach um so the first few weeks of campus when it was like when we got on campus and it was really nice we would play volleyball and there was a guy who we like yelled at we're like hey like come play with us and like he he came and then from then on like every week he'd keep coming and 
our teammate Taylor called him. We we had tried at one point to say like, hey, like, do you want to be in a Bible study by chance? Like, we work at the Buckeye Catholic. We run Bible studies. Like, we'd love to have you. And he was like, I don't think so. But our teammate Taylor called him and said, hey, we're going to this Catholic conference. It's going to be so fun. A bunch of people are going. And he ended up saying yes to coming. Is he Catholic? Um, no, he's not. Yeah. We had three or four students come with us who weren't Catholic, which is awesome. Did That's, they share testimony? They, they did. They did. Yeah. And both of them, uh, one of them is, yeah, exploring whether he wants to be Catholic or mm. Protestant. And he's in the midst of this decision. And so he said, yeah, yeah he, he hasn't made a decision, but he was like, seek was the first time that I was actually open to like, maybe there's something true about the Catholic faith. Mm. So pray for him. Um, wow. And the other student was like, yeah, I, I don't know what the Lord wants for me right now, but I know that he's asking me to come back to faith and start reading the Bible every day. Beautiful. So yeah, they're definitely at a place where we now can walk with them pretty intentionally. Yeah. Hopefully back to the Catholic or to the Catholic faith. But So this young man that uh, Taylor was witnessing to, he, he said, yeah. Oh to, yeah. To get on the bus. He did. And afterwards like he had, i don't think he's ever stepped foot in the the buckeye catholic church um the newman center and afterwards we took him home too and he said so like when can you guys uh, take me to the newman center i'd love to like come and pray with you mm. it was so sweet so and he he got up and gave just a beautiful glory story um which was so awesome and and like honestly i felt my heart was moved just hearing him like talk about how he he had got like a lot of hope seeing so many people like pursuing Jesus authentically. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, that's so beautiful. So I imagine after experience like that, not only is the, are the students on fire, but there's probably a renewed hope in you all or, oh, or yeah. renewed oh, excitement yeah. <laughs> or fervor for your mission. Yes. I think in November, if you asked our team when they're all inviting people to seek, the fervor is a little bit low. <laughs> you know, they're calling hundreds of students. Uh, but then you get to seek and the students that said yes are there. And you, both as a missionary, you're being transformed. You're being reminded of why you said yes to being a missionary. But then you're also getting to hear these stories of the students that you've worked with for months that you don't know. Are they absorbing anything? I've told mm-hmm. them, you know, like it doesn't right. seem like they're making any gains in their spiritual life. But I know it's not mine to control when they uh, when they experience transformation. And so a lot of times that missionary, as missionaries at SEEK, we both get to see ourselves being transformed and being reminded of why we said yes. But also like the work we've done, we actually see fruit <laughs> uh, that we don't always get to see every day on campus. And so, yeah, I think our team is coming back on fire, ready for mission. Uh, and people are just excited to be back. There was just a different energy in the building yesterday when we were there. Ann Gradiville and Luke Stromberg, Focus Missionaries at The Ohio State University. Are you guys familiar with the uh, men's and women's conferences that we have here in Columbus? Yeah. So they're coming up in mid-February, the women's conference on February 17th, the men's on February 24th, each bring in about 3,000 people each. And it's a real mountaintop experience. And similar, I, I think, to what you all experience at SEEK, what do you do coming down from the mountaintop uh, to make sure that the fire catches? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, we believe that seek itself is not the point of transformation, but it is a, a step in the journey, just like you're saying. So actually like our biggest task is when we get back to campus, how do we walk with those students? And so 
there was about 60, 65 students from Ohio State that went. And so our team's job over the next couple of weeks will be to spend time with each of those students and get to hear how it went, which with a team of eight is actually pretty doable. And so we'll try to meet with each student, hear about their experience. And then one of our, our goals as a team is to invite them into the next journey of discipleship, whatever that looks like for them. So, you know, for what, this, are, what are their choices? Well, there's hundreds of choices, <laughs> you know, uh, we try to, we try to choose some as a team that I can help coach my teammates would be good options. But, you know, for like the student who's not Catholic, for him, it's like, okay, the next journey in discipleship might just be to bring him to the Newman Center building. You know, he's never actually been in the Catholic church on campus. Mm-hmm. And so where for another student, that's no big deal at all. For him, that's a that's a huge grace that he would come to the building. Uh, but for another student who maybe has been in Bible study for a couple months now, uh, her next stage in discipleship might be inviting her to come pray with us and form a daily habit of prayer. Uh, Or this student who's been in some formation with our team for the past couple months, uh, asking them to now lead their own Bible study and take that step of courage. Uh, So for every student, we try to just, what has the Lord done at SEEK and how can you push yourself a little bit farther into the journey of discipleship based on the graces you've received? And you're making a really important point that this isn't programmatic and, and so it's just not trying to get how many so about 100 people went on the buses yeah so it's just not to put 100 people into bible studies right or, mm-hmm. or to do a particular program or you know event um it, it's really tailored to relationship and understanding what that individual's next step is and i think this is a good lesson also for uh, for the women and men that will be attending the women's and men's conferences is to make, to be intentional about continuing that journey mm-hmm. with uh, somebody that you were at these conferences with. Just mm-hmm. don't say, all right, you know, we're going to end up doing walking with purpose or that man mm-hmm. is you and hope you all show up. I mean, it, yeah. it's really getting to know the person that, that you're accompanying and, and find out what they, what they need to do. Yeah, to for grow. sure. Um, yeah, on the on the back of the on the on the bus ride back, uh, we one of the one of our teammates gave a talk to you about how it's so important. Like, like Ann said, it it's more of an encounter, um, and seek isn't the end point, um, but a renewal and hopefully a push to to grow. And so, one of our teammates gave a talk about how it's important to now like come back from seek and like have a plan um, for how you want to like grow in your faith and. Maybe, like Ann said, that looks like joining a Bible study or, or praying more or growing in, in formation. Um, but I think it was super cool. I, I listened to a talk all about how you can't be dynamic if you're not specific. And I thought it was cool. I got to like share that then, too, with, with the students because that was something that totally stuck out to me. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Yeah, well, the speaker... Um, talked about how when him and his wife wanted to pray more, he said, oh, well, we we wanted to pray more, so that's what we did. And, and after a few days of saying that, like, it eventually fizzles out. And then he said, okay, maybe we need to, like, be more specific. We want to pray more in the morning, you know. And then they pray more in the morning for a little longer, and then it kind of fizzles out. But he said it was until we specifically said, we want to pray more in the morning at 8, and we're going to read the Scripture and it's going to be in our house. Like you have the who, what, where, when, why, how. Mm-hmm. Then you yeah. can actually like explode in, in your faith and in, in your goals. And so I think that was something that 
we've been trying to do too is the people we've talked to like okay so how like what changed in your life because someone once told me you don't really learn anything until you apply it to your life and so like how are you going to apply what you've taken from this conference into your life um and helping them come up with like a game plan of how to do that Hmm. yeah and i think what you were saying when you were saying about the men's and women's conference too and for us as missionaries Hmm. it's like we have these desires but we really do have to uh, listen to the Holy Spirit because I might have a desire that they just you know come pray every day in the chapel with us but when engaging in conversation with them and engaging the gifts of the Holy Spirit actually that might not be what they need right now uh, they might not come every day they might come for two days and fall off because they actually don't feel like they belong yet and so mm-hmm. actually my first task might be to introduce them to some other women that come pray every day you know like the first task might actually not be the come pray every single day but how can I give them a community that they will feel like they belong when they do come pray every day? So it's sustainable. So I think just engaging the, yeah, the gift we've been given in the Holy Spirit as we go to have these next conversations, both with our students or yeah, for anyone who's an evangelist um, is super important. Yeah. I think what Ann said, like going back to that community question, it's so important. I think for the students to have like come from that conference and see like, Oh, there are 20,000 other people totally pursuing the Lord. Like, pursuing virtue and then coming back and then plugging them in with each other and then other people in the community that like didn't go that like Ann said pray every day because when they like witness these other people trying to live differently and live for Christ it's like so impactful it is pretty eye-opening when you see a whole room of almost 2,000 people how many how much do we say 22,000 22,000 or 24,000 maybe yeah And 30,000 people <laughs> showed up. Oh. Amazing. I think there was, I think they said at one point maybe like 12,000 college students, but they now have a track for adults to actually mm. at Seek. And so, like, my parents came this year, which was oh, awesome. Wow. Um, so, there's both like student track for college students, which is the majority of Seek, but there's also now a making missionary disciples mm. track for adults. Boomer, Shout out, a Bernie. boomer, a boomer yeah, track. A boomer yeah, track. it's on one level. Yeah. So Dave, you to... could go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's awesome for the students to see these adults that are on fire for their yeah. faith too. You know, like for my parents to come sit with the college students yeah. and for the Shout college out, students Bernie. to see. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to my mom and dad. Um, for the college students to see, you know, like someone my parents' age go to confession or be prayed with, like that's transformational for these college students to see that they actually aren't the only ones who are on fire. I think sometimes they believe like we're the young church and no one else is doing this you yeah know? That, that's a that's a real opportunity for the church is is to have this these cross generational opportunities um in terms of mentorship that that's old to young but there's so much that more mature people can learn from from your generation and, and just to have those relationships because through divorce or through messy family situations, we don't always have those opportunities to yeah. to learn from others. So. Yeah, and I also think Seek is a great opportunity for our religious to be encouraged as well. I know Father yeah. Fulton and Father Schreitenberger came on the buses with us and Sister Loretta from Buckeye Catholic. And for all of them, it's an encouragement of like, oh, the church is very, very alive. And for the seminarians, um, a lot of them were just like, "I'm." their testimonies on the way home were all about I'm convicted of my vocation to the priesthood after seeing this procession of priests and seeing that the church is alive. But then also for our college students to see the gift of the vocations to religious life is also, you know, it, it goes both ways in that, in that sense as well. So 
Nice. Ann Gradiville and Luke Stromberg, Focus Missionaries at The Ohio State University here in Columbus. This is the part of the show that we didn't prepare you for. So, Bring and it Luke, on. Uh, uh, you, Luke, you said dynamic and specific, right? Yeah. You get that right? Yeah, you can't be dynamic if you're not specific. Hmm. So what are you doing specifically heading into 2024? Yeah, so, so my um, my <laughs> roommates next. and my teammates uh, coming back, we we created like a plan of life for ourselves um, and just how we want to live better. And so one, how we're starting, I think it's so integral, like how we start our day. And so each day, we have like plans to wake up at like five, five forty, and like be down in the living room at by five fifty, so we can pray with the um, daily readings, especially the gospel, um, some sort of like lectio format. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we're gonna go get the body moving and and work out, um, so that we can just like feel good. Mm-hmm. And then we want to do like a little community breakfast too when we get back, and then that'll filter into our holy hour. Um, but I think for me. Uh, something that I took away and like the dynamic, you can't be dynamic without specific talk. It was all about like hearing the Lord's voice in scripture. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was something that was like, oh gosh, it's just so important to start your day out with, with that scripture. Um, just so that it can like bleed into your life and you can just like already like as you wake up and you go throughout the day, like have like the Lord on your mind and your heart. Have you heard about the heroic minute? I have. Yeah. I have. So I started doing, I, I started to do that too. I was kind of doing it like a little bit, but not consistently. And so now this year I'm like, all right, here we go. Time to be consistent. Good. And your turn. Yeah. Uh, my first like physical one is I'm trying to drink more water. As a missionary, it can be easy to just drink coffee all mm. day long with students, but I, I really need to drink water. So that's a, a personal health one. But spiritually, I... I was realizing towards the end of last semester that, you know, as a team director, I'm overseeing my seven other teammates and therefore I oversee a lot of students and I would get to the end of the day and I would just be so exhausted that I would just go to bed. (laughs) And uh, so my commitment this semester and this year is to start praying night prayer again. I did it when I was in college and then it's been in and out throughout my life. But uh, I think at the end of the day, after long days and just like getting to care for so many souls to give that back to the Lord. So care for yourself. Exactly. Bring night prayer. Uh, And then also, yeah, my spiritual director and I have just been talking about how I need more time to like study and have leisure. So I'm trying to create time in my life to read. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I really enjoy reading, uh, but that's something easy to place on the side when I'm busy. So a half hour a day of reading or some Mm -hmm. sort of spiritual development. So Mm -hmm. how can we all pray for you? and uh, all of our friends that are listening um yeah i think so much if you could just pray for for the students um at ohio state the ones involved and and especially the ones not just that they could feel the tug of christ on their hearts um because everyone's looking for something um whether they know it or not what they're looking for is christ my uh the priest at iowa state um, he would always say everyone has a God-shaped hole in their heart that only God can fill, but so many try to stuff it with something else. So just that they would feel that tug and and find the Lord. Yeah, I think if you could 
pray for our team, something that we strive to live is abundant joy. And I think when mission gets difficult or there's these crosses that can, we can easily let that go. But the, yeah, the abundant joy that our team lives with is something that the students are naturally drawn to. Uh, and then we can share why we have that joy, the joy of Jesus. And so just to pray that in the difficulties of this semester, that our team would continue to live with that abundant joy uh, would be incredible. Also, I remembered that there's something exciting for anyone who did not go to the SEAT conference, but wants to hear the talks that were given. Yes. There's a free resource this year for Come anyone. SEEKreplay.com. Yes. Come on. It's right? new this year. It used to cost money, but it's free. So tell all your friends. You can send it to anyone. All you have to do is put in your name and your email, and you can get access to every talk that was given. Um, so far, only like the keynotes with all 20,000 people are up, but starting January, I think it's 15th every talk given the whole conference will be online for everyone to see. Mm -hmm. So that's a great resource. <laughs> Seekreplay.com. That's that's how I found you know, Monsignor Shea's talk. Yeah, it was, so. I think, a, a benefactor sponsored it being free this year for everyone. And wow. it's a great tool for evangelization to be able to, even our students who couldn't attend, for them to be able to go back and listen to the talks. Good. And of course... We're in ordinary time. Very soon we'll be entering into Lent. Mm -hmm. How many coming into the church do you know through RCIA? Last I heard, there was 33 students in OCIA at the Praise Newman God. Center. Yeah. And wow. last, we have a spring retreat in February, the first weekend. And last year, there was a couple more that joined after that, too. So mm. we're very hopeful. But that's incredible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 33 is a lot. It's, I think, at least 10, if not 15 more than last year. So... The Holy Spirit's working. Love Come you on. guys. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, thanks for the work. I mean, your your sacrifices, um, your yes to, number one, the Lord, but then also uh, your yes to focus. I can't tell you how thrilled we all should be uh, to have focus on campus at Ohio State along with other missionaries like St. Paul's Outreach. You know, there's Damascus uh, missionaries around, but... Uh, yeah, it's hard work, and you guys bring the joy, and mm -hmm. just real grateful uh, to have you in Columbus. I hope you settle in Columbus and never leave. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Iowa might miss them, but we no. would be happy to have you here. <laughs> Father Straitenberger is on that same note as you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he never wants his missionaries to leave. No, we need you here in Columbus. It's the heart of it all, right? Tomorrow, we have Liz and Aaron Christie joining us here in the St. Gabriel Cafe. Thanks to Ann Gradeville and Luke Stromberg, Focus Missionaries at The Ohio State University. That website, again, that we were talking about, seekreplay.com. Go ahead and sign up. Uh, you won't be disappointed. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. Love you all. Enjoy the weather today. God bless.